So I can, I can spend hours, you know, reading and thinking about somebody's resume, where they want to work, um, and figuring out kind of how to frame that so that it really is a true reflection of who they are. People who are in job search are trying to get through it quickly. Nobody loves job searching. Nobody. I don't think I've ever met a single person who's like, yay, interviews. Everyone's fighting a battle that you can't see. I am James, and welcome to Focus For You. In this podcast, I will give you tips to overcome the challenges that we all battle with. reason I love it so much is because it's a, you actually see the victory. You're right there. Welcome back, guys. I am very honored, very blessed, and excited that you guys are here. You get to listen to this amazing show that I have with an amazing person, Katrina Wesson. She has uh, a talent that is severely underrated in today's society. I am looking forward to everything that she has to say. I hope you guys are as well. I had so much fun today. Uh, I hope that you guys get as much out of this show as I did. I couldn't be more excited for this show for you guys and for Katrina. So I won't keep going on and on and on and on as much as I would like to, but here's the show. All right, Katrina, I appreciate you taking the time today and uh, the day after Christmas and sitting down with me and talking uh, about what it is that you do and how you uh, impact your life day to day and stay focused and motivate yourself. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I just expressed to you how excited I was. I really, really, really was. I, I can't even, I, I can't even explain it. Like, cause you just kind of made my day. I, I told everybody, I called my mom right after you said yes. And <laughs> I, t- I, I, I called, I called everybody and everybody's been so excited for me cause they know the journey that I've been on to kind of get this going. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'm really thrilled to be here. I'm honored to be invited. Yeah, no problem. So let's get right into it. So uh, tell tell us what you do, what it is that you, uh, how do you make your your career or your, your money, so to speak? So I, um, about a year ago, I started this business. Um, well, actually, let me back up. My My background is I worked in pharma for a long time in a corporate environment. Um, Throughout that time, I decided to pursue additional education and got an MBA in marketing um, and then went into study project management and earned my PMP, which stands for Project Management Professional, which is an international uh, designation. And it's just basically a um, certification. You have to 
um, know your materials, sit for an exam, do continuing ed and continually renew it uh, periodically. And then the project management kind of led me to the world of lean and Six Sigma, which is really all about process improvement. Um, so it's kind of after a project's done, you're looking at ways to make things better. Um, it's used a lot in manufacturing and now is more present in the business world. Um, so that, okay. that designation is called a black belt. Uh, there's different color belts and that's the, um, you know, there's the, the math and everything, the studies behind that. It's a, much like the PMP, you have to sit for an exam um, to pass after you have so many uh, hours of study and practice. Um, and that one is also renewed periodically. But through all of this in the corporate world, there were these, um, I'll call them like personality or behavioral assessments where um, I just felt kind of drawn to because as a project manager, you have a whole team of different people motivated by different things with different interests, different skills. And it's that uh, personality aspect of it that really helps a project manager understand how to tap into that potential. So the, the big sure. one um, that was really transformative and kind of led me um, to start thinking about this stuff was the strength finders. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Strength, yeah. strength finders. Um, and it talks about, you know, everybody's really got these natural talents um, and you can develop them or not, you know, and people wind up in trouble when they're working and trying to work in areas that just aren't really well suited for them. That's when you have performance breakdowns and things like this. So I started, um, the strength finders, uh, which is like a little assessment that you do and you find out your, your top strengths. Um, and then another one that I really love that I came across later is called the color code. And that one is more fundamental about motivations, um, the core motives of different types of people. Same thing. There's a test to figure out what your color, the primary color is that sort of drives you. But it all just kind of um, complements each other. And, you know, I started thinking about the project that almost everyone has to do is find a job. Um, and we don't often think of it as a project. Right. But it really is. There's clear milestones. There's deadlines. There's, um, you know, you know when you're finished because you've gotten a job. Um, but then from a process improvement standpoint, if you're not getting uh, along and getting the results that you want, then it's time to take a step back and really analyze what's happening and where the problem is. So it's sort of all kind of coalesced into, you know, I want to help people in a more intimate way. Um, you know, you can step back on a big project and work on software development, or you can analyze operational processes and make some changes to improve efficiency and things like that. But really, um, when it comes to helping someone find a job that suits them, that they're going to excel at, um, and in, in many cases, they're leaving something that's just unsatisfying 
or, you know, downright miserable. Um, so sure. where, you know, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of this background that sort of led me to the resume and career help. Um, and the reason I love it so much is because it's a, it, you actually see the victory. You're right there. You get to know these, the client and, and watch them through the process and then they're placed and it makes a world of difference for them on a daily basis. So it's a high impact with a small population can, uh... versus traditional project management and process improvement is it can have a high impact on a large group of people, but it's just less intimate. I hear that. I can already tell with the excitement in your voice when you start talking about this, that uh, you really enjoy doing this and you really like uh, working with uh, people one-on-one. Yeah. So um, I, as you were explaining to everybody, uh, I was curious about this strength finder and these color codes um, that um, each one of us have. And, you know, I, without going into too much depth, like, how do you kind of assess that with people? Do you know what I mean? Well, the, the process that I follow is I start by uh, asking people to send me what, whatever they have, their job history, or if they have a, a resume that they've been using, I ask them to send that to me. And then I ask for a job posting, like something that they would see themselves doing that they'd really like to apply for. And then when I kind of read through those two things in tandem and think about where's the overlap, then I get these um, questions in mind. So I call them the strategic questions to try to, when I, when I touch base with the client again, to try to really get down to what is behind what they've done previous previously that they really loved, um, that really excited them. Uh, a good sign is when people say that something's easy, um, and that's kind right. of the that's kind of why people like me are needed because it's easy for us. So we don't really think of it as a remarkable talent. It's only when somebody else can step back and say, "Well, you know." That's a good clue. If it's easy for you, if you get into the zone and you don't notice how much time has passed, that's kind of a, reveals that clue that it's something that is a strong suit for you and would be viewed as unique by potential employers. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps as you say that because all I can think about is this podcast and how excited I am about it and how much um, when time starts to tick away i'm i'm realizing it's two hours or three hours later and i and it feels like 20 minutes yeah so i know exactly what you're saying with that and i'm and i'm sure the people listening are can identify that identify with something in their lives that definitely points them in that direction Mm -hmm. so um another thing that i was thinking about when you were when you were um talking about uh strength finders and uh color codes is like um, some of the myths that come about with, you know, creating a resume or putting that stuff together. What do you kind of do to dispel some of those things? Resumes have changed a lot over the last 10, 20 years. Um, It used to be kind of a work history, right? You just documented this job from this date to this date. 
but it's really, you know, with, with, through the recession and everything else where employers are flooded with applications and resumes, um, you really have to be able to stand out and differentiate yourself. And that, Oh, absolutely. I feel like I get ignored all the time when I submit a resume. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's just, uh, you know, a blank email with them and they just like, Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's James. All right. Next person. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. To stand out is, is very challenging. And so that's, that's part of it is, you know, to work in those details that are unique to the person that's applying so that it stands out to, whoever winds up reading the resume. Now we know a lot of the larger companies are doing these automatic readers, the applicant tracking systems where it can, resumes can just be rejected because they're missing a certain keyword that uh, has been programmed in, or there's a point system, you know, you have to hit so many X keywords before it'll actually, your resume will be moved on to a physical person to actually read it. So there's, there's wow. a lot that's at play, um, and that has changed just both with technology, but also just the environment in the United States with uh, a lot of people looking for work uh, all the time. So yeah, um, that's where, you know, I think that the resume has to be more distinct for each person and really has to show who they are. Um, not just a list of experiences, but a more uh, a stronger statement of impact. What impact did you have in that job? Who did you help? How did you do it? Or, um, you know, the, the one thing that I see a lot of is sort of these canned generalizations of like, oh, you know, I'm a team player. Well, that's great, but... I think that stuff has sort of gotten played out where it's just not as meaningful as if you can take a specific example of, you know, I'm just making this up. I had a team of 10 people. They were all looking for different things, you know, so I brought them together, helped them to identify their collective priorities as a group. You know, everybody agreed. And then we were able to actually get somewhere. You know, I think those are the types of things that really help employers to understand what's behind the the resume, the person behind the resume. All right. I'm starting to see a picture form um, when I look at my resume as you're saying this. Um, So that brings me to the next question of um, when you're talking about um, kind of, kind of like highlighting your excellence. Um, what is it that? How do I keep that on one page or two pages, or should it be three pages? Mm-hmm. I don't know. As far as what my resume looks like, how does that? How do I design that to make it look? Good. I don't know. Remotely unique. That's a good question. So um, uh, some of it depends on where you know the type of company you're applying to. So in some cases, you can get fancy with the formatting, Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the applicant tracking systems, you can't get fancy with that because machines don't understand fancy. They don't understand tables, and you can wind up getting your resume can be kicked out just because it can't be read. Um, As far as the length of a resume goes, 
that old rule of keep it to one page has been blown out of the water uh, through all this transformation in the recent decades. So your the length of your resume should really fit your experience. So if you're just graduating from college um, or a graduate degree, but you've never done anything more than internships, then yeah, you know, probably a page is going to make sense for you. But when you're 10, 15 years into your career, then you're going to need two pages, maybe three, depending on how many different companies or how many different roles you've had. Um, people change jobs a lot and it's, important not to just leave stuff out if it's relevant to what you're applying for or the type of work you want to do. Um, one of the things I do recommend is that people kind of drop old experience after about 15 years if it's unrelated. Like the pizza place you worked in college right. doesn't really, you know, that's, <laughs> if you're using a resume to apply somewhere, I'm guessing that the pizza place experience may not be relevant. Now, if you're if you were a manager of a store of a pizza store in college, and you know the the work that you're trying to get now has to do with retail, um, you know, and responsibility for a whole store, then yeah, you you may want to include that information. So it's really just um, it's very individual. It depends on the background of the person and where they want to go. Um, so there aren't any, you know, when I was graduating from college, it was, there were all these rules that were just very black and white, no more than a page, all your right. experience. I feel that still, it still exists. I feel like that still exists a lot of times with some certain resumes that is very mm -hmm. black and white. And I don't, and I don't think that that's as effective at getting people what they want any longer. Um, when I, I actually had a client, this was going back to the, you know, the story of the excitement. I had a client who, um, is extremely skilled 20 years in, um, healthcare and was applying to be a provider. So I did his resume. It ended up being three pages long because that's what made sense for the number of jobs, all those things I talked about. Um, and he submitted the, you know, the online application with the big, large healthcare company submitted it like on a Saturday or Sunday. Well, Monday morning, 9am, he got a call from the hiring manager saying, I want to talk to you. So wow. it's really, um, you know, that's just kind of evidence that this approach does work. Um, because, and, and I'm sure that they had an applicant tracking tool that it's fed through either, you know, and maybe the hiring manager is just really hands-on and wanted, you know, made it a point to go look at everything. Um, but, you know, I was really stunned because it's a very large organization and you, you know how it goes. There's days, weeks, months yeah, <laughs> with you can, nothing. Yeah, you can, right. You can absolutely fall through the cracks very, yeah. very quickly. So now this has me thinking about uh, that auto reader that you're talking about and um, some of the key elements that uh, everyday Joes and Janes put on their resumes, you know, like summary, education, experience. Um, is there 
you know, is there a particular format that's definitely going to get you recognized versus, um, you know, falling through the cracks? Because I've fallen through the cracks and then I started making some minor adjustments on my resume and I kind of started getting noticed more and more, but it still wasn't on the jobs that I would like, but it was in more depth of um, something that I would be comfortable with as adding experience to my resume. Yeah, it's... Um... It's really hard to say because it is dependent on the the company. Okay. But um and what they, you know, the tools that they use and things, but as a fail-safe measure, I would say it's important to put the big things at the top. So, um like certifications okay. go right in the header with your name. Um, you know, all the letters behind your name, you definitely want to include that right up top. Yeah. The um, MBA, the PhDs, the yeah, things of that nature. Correct. Exactly. And then um, a summary is really good because it, you know, we used to, I don't know if you remember, there used to be a, an emphasis on a, like a purpose. I forget what it was called. Like the mission statement. Mission statement. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, you know, highly skilled looking for blah, blah, blah. Um, I tend to go with the summary because the summary is, first of all, I put it right up at the top because what you want is once it gets into somebody's hands, you want them to be able to quickly get to the meat of the information, um, the high impact, powerful statements. And I put those in the summary because those are going to be that, um, like in that blog you mentioned, highlighting excellence on your resume, it's going to be the things right. that are unique to you and you need help from other people. You know, maybe it's not hiring a professional like me. Maybe it's talking with your friends. You know, what are the things that you see that I do that isn't typical or common, um, to try to get at those key things that are really differentiators for you personally. Um, because if you've got a strong summary at the top, they may not keep reading, <laughs> you know, they may, they right. may not and even that's, need- that'd be, that'd be the shortcut version of it. That'd be really nice to have. Hey, don't recognize any of the other stuff. Just take this little body of, uh, so how long should the summary be? Should it two, three lines, four lines? Uh, what is it? Yeah. Not a paragraph, yeah. right? Just a short paragraph. Um, okay. And it kind of depends. It'll It's going to have to fit with the type of work you're looking for. It will need to fit your strengths. And it will need to be backed up down below when you're listing all of your jobs that you did. Um, so for instance... Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know. So, so you're skilled at process improvement. Um, maybe you've been able to take a process that took 30 days and got it down to take 10 days or something like that. Um, what you would want to say at the top is some really strong statement about the process improvement skills, but down below in your jobs, you'll want to have hard numbers and hard data wherever you can get them. So um, you'll want to say a process that was taking too long. I was able to investigate it, worked with a team to develop solutions, pick the best solutions, and ultimately brought the 30-day process down to 10 days. 
you know, those kinds of things where, um, and of course you don't just make these up. These, these have to be real examples and numbers are hard to get to. Um, so not everybody uh-huh. has hard numbers to fall back on, but when you don't have numbers, you can have, you can use qualifiers too. You know, you can say, um, more efficient. Uh, you can say faster. You can say fewer, uh, fewer errors. Um, you can say fewer people needing to be involved in a process, right. whatever, you know, there's, there's, when you're, when you don't have the hard numbers, there is, uh, so you've got quantifiers, which are the, the numbers, and then you've got qualifiers, which are better, more cheaper, whatever, shorter. So that's where, um, you just, you want to make sure that the, that you're looking at the resume as a whole piece together and that all the parts of it complement one another. Wow. So, uh, I, I keep thinking back to my resume and I keep thinking about like how easy you make this sound. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How, how simple this all sounds to you. And you know, you know, as you're saying it, I keep, like I said, I keep thinking about my resume and I'm sure the listeners out here, they're thinking about their resumes and how to apply some of the things that you see with this. So when uh, the thing I wanted to know was um, when you are doing this, is there certain types of resumes or people that are more drawn to uh, needing a, a service or providing a service for that, that you offer? Well, um, you know, I really special i think the, the project managers and lean six sigma professionals seeing my credentials will probably mm-hmm. gravitate more mm-hmm. um, as well as my healthcare background um and and i certainly do love those areas and obviously have a good expertise in those but the reality is that i've helped people from you know customer operations people get placed in nonprofits legislative affairs like lobbying. Um, you know, I mentioned the healthcare professional. It's kind of all over the map. Um, a lot of it, a lot of my business so far, because I'm just a sole proprietor, you know, kind of new in this game, a lot of it comes through word of mouth from people I know. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's helped me get a, a good cross-section of people all over in different industries. Well, we're here to change. We're here to change that now, Katrina. Yeah. Hopefully with this, <laughs> hopefully with this, you'll start getting some more emails and some more people coming in. That's um, great. I definitely, I definitely stumbled upon you. I was in a, I'll tell you where I found your number is I was in a sheets gas station. I was, uh, it was, it was late at night. I was there picking up beer for oh. some people. You can buy beer late at night in North Carolina. Uh, at the gas station and I was picking up beer and I, and I walked by and one of the things that says, do you need help with your resume? And I, the first thing in my head I thought was, of course I need help with my resume. Why wouldn't I need help with my resume? <laughs> so a couple of days later I had called Katrina and we had chatted about, you know, possibly going in a direction. And um, although I did not uh, take her up on her services, but um, it just gave me a better idea of what, it is that I was doing wrong. And then it all came together and I realized I need to get, 
I, if I'm feeling this way, if I'm thinking this way, there are probably countless other people thinking that way too. And, uh, want to get them some awareness and also help Katrina, you know, find, uh, help Katrina help other people. So, um, that, that also brings me back to this other thing of having multiple things going on in our lives and being productive, not only in our jobs, but also in our, in our home life. Do you ever find it hard to go from, you know, project manager, you know, resume builder to, you know, mom, wife, you know, those type of things? Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Yeah. What? What kind of challenges do you uh, encounter with that kind of stuff? Um, well, you know, there are just certain windows where I have to shift gears. Um, so one of the things I do is try to be really consistent with my schedule so that when, um, you know, when school is in session, I can be fully focused on my work. Um but I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's service calls at the house, you know, repair work that needs right. to be done. So it is right. a constant balancing act, kind of shuffling and figuring out where, where to fit things in. I would say it was definitely easier when I was going to an office and, I, you know, it's a very clean, <laughs> clean break. You go in in the morning, you're at the office and then you go home. This is a much more fluid existence where I just have to be flexible based on the needs of the family, the house, and my business. Um, but I do, you know, when when I have a client, I drop everything. You know, the the resume process, that's where I find my flow. So I can I can spend hours, you know, reading and thinking about somebody's resume, where they want to work, um, and figuring out kind of how to frame that so that it really is a true reflection of who they are. Um, right. And so it's, it's, it's honestly really easy because it's fun. Um, so it's easy to let the, you know, the pest guy go <laughs> till the next week. Um, and one of the things that I do like to offer is a very quick turnaround. Cause I know that people are people who are in job search are trying to get through it quickly. Nobody loves job searching. Nobody. I don't think I've ever met yeah. a single person who's like, yay, interviews, yay, <laughs> trying to write a resume to reflect my whole history. Um, so I like to get I like to get people through that painful process as quickly as possible. So um, you know that's kind of where I just drop everything. And luckily, my family understands, and you know they know like, hey, I've got to focus on this for a while, and they can go do something else and kind of uh, leave it quiet for me. But yeah, it's um, there's a lot going on, and I'm also an advocate. I do some volunteer work. I am. Um, That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> you saw my other, my website for um, where I wrote that piece about resumes. I do other writing for Lean Six Sigma and project management. Um, it's called the Lean Six Sigma office.com, which was started by a former colleague of mine. And we're still 
you know, writing for that. I have just launched my website for this business, resumesandraises.com. Um, and I also have a Facebook page. It's resumes and raises as well. So you should be, should be easy to find me. Um, I love this. You're, you're already ahead of me and you're thinking in front of me. So I, I'm, I'm really, I love being progressive with people and having that. Um, so, uh, what is it about working for yourself um, that you know you that that love that you love that 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 spark that mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? What I'm saying? What I'm trying to say? Well, in um, when I was in the corporate world, there was um, you know it's tough because you have these people who are way high up in the company making decisions that impact your daily work, they've never done You know, it's not like it was in the old days where somebody would get hired on as entry level and then they would work their way up. Now, you know, it's just managed or transfers across industries, you know, almost very little connection to the day-to-day work that's getting done. So that was really hard. And I think everybody kind of struggles with that, right? Where it's like, (laughs) What do you know? You haven't done this job before. Um, But at the same time, you know, there are these high level goals, there's cost cutting, there's all these things that they have to do. Um, And that's where, that's where I really fell in love with Lean Sigma and Six Sigma because the fundamental, there's a fundamental um, approach in there called Gemba where the supervisors, the the higher ups actually go and shadow the workers and observe it. And I love that notion because that's the only way, you know, in today's environment with managers across companies and industries, that's the only way they're ever going to wrap their heads around it. Do managers do that? Not often. Um, Maybe if they have a consultant come and say, yeah, that's what you need to do. Um, but with this type of work, it's really, you know, I can, I can make my own improvements. Everything I do is self-directed, um, you know, but it's also collaborative with the client. And I really like that, um, where I know, I don't know everything and I don't know what I don't know. And it's just important that, um, that we all, I think we all need to recognize that, that everyone else has something unique to offer and knows something that we don't know. And I, I would agree. I would agree tenfold. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I don't know is very, it's sometimes it's hard to swallow that. Yeah. And, be and able it, to express that. There's no shame in that. Way. You know, I feel that no, there a isn't. lot of people feel that they should know everything. Well, once you think you know everything, you're way off. You could not be further. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. Further from the truth. Yeah. yeah it's, absolutely. It's just not possible. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, having that, um, more direct control over my work has been a great change. Uh, and I really do enjoy that a lot. Um, the schedule flexibility, but again, you know, it's when, when the work is there, I jump on it and do it right Um, I don't want to drag it out and 
one of the things that is really that I've noticed as I as I study more about this industry, there are lots of large, I'll call them resume houses. You know where they have many writers on staff, and you send in your resume, and they'll clean it up for you or reformat it. Um, and I actually looked at joining one of those, but it's not. Um, I just found that I couldn't do it. You know, I found that. I, if I was going to create a product, I want it to be the best product for that individual. And if I don't know that individual's story and background, there's no way that I can create a product that actually really reflects who they are. And I think that's the key. I, I absolutely love. I absolutely love your hands-on approach. Um, it just makes, I, in my personal opinion, it makes me feel like you too are invested in the success of my resume or the success of me, you know, getting a job opportunity or even uh, successfully getting an interview. Like I really, really, uh, you know, value that because it just makes me feel like, all right, this person cares, mm -hmm. you know, hundred percent. They, they're not just, put, they're not just put, they're not just putting together a, you know, a blanket statement that kind of generalizes everything that I do. But you're, like you said, you're sitting here trying to take the time to get to know somebody or know the person behind the piece of paper. Yeah, because that's the, the, the success that my definition of success is not, okay, you know, brush my hands. Here's your resume. Here's your cover letter. Here's your LinkedIn profile. The success is, did it bring the results that you needed it to bring because you know honestly i'm not really satisfied unless it turns into the whole point is to get the offer and get that job that is gonna fire people up and get them excited yeah because we all want to be excited about going to work honestly and truthfully um yes. so speaking of work and working for yourself and being distracted you know we all have goals, specific goals too. What helps you focus on your your goals and not be distracted? Well, quite frankly, I think it's interest and passion. So if if there's, you know, like I was describing before, when there's when there's a resume to work on or a client to work with, everything else falls to the wayside because it's so much more interesting to me. Um, you know, lining up kids activities is all well and good, but it's that kind of stuff that I tend to procrastinate on because it's just not as satisfying. And I think we all find that, that, that we gravitate <laughs> to the activities we yeah. enjoy and yeah. the activities we don't enjoy end Absolutely. up at the bottom of the to-do list and we deal with them when we have to. <laughs> yeah. The avoidance. Yes, absolutely. We deal with them when we have to. So that brings me up with another idea is that um, we we kind of have like these roadblocks or these obstacles in our lives where we just kind of say, I really not. That's really going to be in the way of what I'm doing. Do you, How do you navigate with that stuff? How do you navigate roadblocks with uh, resume building or, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think. My, so I, I have a family member who is, she is 
desperately wanting to make a change in her environment. Uh, she wants to move and she has, you know, tons of stuff. It's inherited, it's purchased, it's her, you know, her parents, her brother and other people who have passed on. I can see that she's totally stuck and doesn't want to go through the stuff, you know, but really desperately wants to move. So, um, you know, this is where my project management training kicks in and it's like, okay, well, do you have to go through all the stuff? You know, could you move it? Is like what really, really has to be done to move? Um, you don't have to go through everything and purge it. You can move it to a storage unit. You can um, do these other things, but she's got to sell her house. So it's like my mind goes into the project management world of, okay, what has to happen before something else can happen? We call it predecessors and successors on, you know, like on a project plan. First, you have to have an offer on a house before you can expect to close on it and sell it, you know, for instance. So I think that that, um, for me and you know, this is my training. So I, I gravitate towards lists and, uh, deadlines and what, you know, what has to be done before I can move on and do something else. I, I agree. Um, I, I talk about here on, on the podcast about creating lists to recognizing the roadblocks or recognizing the things that deter you from ultimately achieving your goal and ultimately finding your focus and being um, being stuck in a place because we've all seen somebody stuck. We've all seen somebody um, just barely above the water table, you know, just barely breathing. And we want to help them so much. But um, without them um, knowing that there's steps to that they can take to get out of that situation and feeling confident about taking those steps. Um, it's always, always, always challenging to do so. So, you know, being stuck and knowing what needs to be done um, are coinciding with each other. So finding, figuring out what needs to be done and then creating a list and creating deadlines uh, with that list is a, is a great, great um, idea in how to, Get yourself over that. Mm-hmm. Not have these and sometimes um, having an accountability partner can help. Um, some people, yeah, some people I respond like really I well really to like that, that. Just to have a champion texting them and saying, "Okay, today you were gonna call and schedule that appointment. Did you do it? You know." And because sometimes we tend to be more accountable. If other people are counting on us to do stuff, then we are to ourselves. Um, so I kind of like that right. concept. Although I will say, you know, sometimes it backfires and, and people who are um, sort of down in the dumps, they wind up beating up on themselves more if they're, they're not only letting themselves down, they're letting yeah. down their accountability partner. So I think it's just... It just depends on the person. It depends on their frame of mind. Um, but I, I would encourage everyone to use use the the social networks that you have. Use your family members. 
and try to, I don't want to call it games, but it kind of is a mental game with yourself of, gee, I really don't want to have to go back and tell my buddy that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't schedule the doctor's appointment I was going to schedule or whatever. You know, I want to be able to tell them, yes, I did it, you know, and maybe it's a five minute task, but it's a drudgery for whatever reason, you know, it could be loaded um, for that person. So yeah, I do, I do like accountability and being able to report back into people that you've done what you told them you were going to do, even though it's for yourself, ultimately. Right. Yeah. I'm a big proprietor of accountability, um, especially with accountability with ourselves. I know you spoke about um, having a um, an accountability champion, somebody that can uh, can help you stay accountable for yourself and the things that and the things and the goals that you're trying to focus on. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. I really I co-sign that all the time. And, you know, reaching out to people. The other side about being uh, the champion for that person is uh, uh, positively reinforcing their mindset and to believing that the goal that they set in front of them is achievable yeah. and it's totally doable and it's totally workable workable so i i like i said i really love that that was really spot on i couldn't agree more um before we get out of here there's a couple quick fire questions i like to ask people so you up for it sure all right so what is it like working for you working for me as in working for myself yeah (laughs) absolutely awesome it's awesome i'm a great boss You give yourself plenty of breaks, I hope. Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, do you ever think you'll go back to a traditional job? If so, and and why? No, probably not. Um, I yeah. probably won't. I just yeah. having that freedom. Having that freedom makes a makes a big difference to be able to like pursue it and does. change your dream and, and work You know, on that direct things. impact of being able to see the fruits of my labor help someone else into a good space. That's just really not something that you can get in a traditional office job very often. I agree. I, I think it that that feeling, that euphoric feeling of being able to help somebody and know that you kind of pointed them in a direction in their lives, uh, you you won't definitely won't get that so often in the in the office setting. You I think you feel more stress or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and our last question I have to ask. Uh, room, desk, and car, which one do you clean first? Which one do I clean first? Yes. Room. (laughs) Why the room? Um, I don't know. The car, I don't spend a whole lot of time in the car, so okay. it doesn't bother me if it gets ooky. And I have a dog, and so there's always some manner of fur in there. Um, Same here. <laughs> so it's sort of endless. Uh-huh. Um, but my room is kind of like my sanctuary and my calm space, yeah. so I don't like a lot of clutter. Um, I just much rather keep it neat. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's that's fantastic. And uh, Katrina, I really appreciate you being here today. I really am 
excited about this episode and i'm sure there's everybody that's listened to this is just going to have so much more enlightenment with everything um how about you let my listeners know where they can uh, find you i know you mm-hmm. gave us a little bit earlier sure. but uh to reiterate would you yep so um my website is resumesandraises.com and is spelled out um on facebook you can find the the page is called resumes and raises and um you can actually direct contact me through email at katrina wesson at gmail.com um and you can see some of my writing on the it's the lean six sigma office.com. Um, that's the website I've been working on for a while. And um, I do plan to add more content to the resumes and races.com. That's a newly launched website. So I'll be putting blogs and things there uh, just to help people in their search. But you can, um, you can request appointments with me that way or use the contact form on the website as well. That's fantastic. I appreciate that, Katrina. And uh, again, thank you for uh, joining me today and taking the time with with, uh, your busy schedule and my busy schedule and just after Christmas. So I really appreciate this. And like I said, uh, this has been a great, great honor for me, too. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, James. I really enjoyed talking with you. And again, I'm really, really happy that you decided to have me on. I want to thank today's guest, Katrina. Uh, she was fantastic. She was awesome. You, you, she did a great job. I'm excited to see what she has to bring in uh, the future. Don't forget to go check her out, resumesandraises.com. On Facebook as well, Resume and Raises. Don't forget her LinkedIn profile, like Katrina Wesson and the Lean Six Sigma. Make sure you guys go check it out. Do the social media thing. I think you guys can figure it out from here. all I think we all need to recognize that that everyone else has something unique to offer and knows something that we don't know